Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God to live the lives we were created to live, commanded by God to love beyond the limits of our prejudices, and commissioned by God to serve. Amen. Called to live commanded to love, commissioned to serve. And if you can't remember all of that, we live, love, serve. Amen. Amen. Um, Won't you turn with me in your Bibles or on your apps, amen, to 2 Timothy, the first chapter, verses 3 through 7. 2 Timothy 1, starting at verse 3. Y'all got it? Amen. Go in there, find it in your app. You might be able to make a little note, underline it. Hallelujah. Today is the first Sunday of Women's History Month. Amen. Hallelujah. So grateful to be able to celebrate that here at FCBC and so grateful to all of you who are tuning in uh, with us virtually. We are so grateful that you stopped by this place on this morning. Amen. Y'all got it? I'm going to read it first in the New Revised Standard Version and then in the Message Bible. And it reads, I am grateful to God whom I worship with a clear conscience as my ancestors did. When I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that lived first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. For this reason, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice or fear, but rather, a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. Amen. In the Message Bible, it reads, Every time I say your name in prayer, which is practically all the time, I thank God for you. The God I worship with my whole life in the tradition of my ancestors. Somebody say ancestors. I miss you a lot, especially when I remember that last tearful goodbye. And I look forward to a joy-packed reunion. 
that precious memory triggers another. Your honest faith. And what a rich faith it is, handed down from your grandmother Lois to your mother Eunice and now to you. And the special gift of ministry you received when I laid hands on you and prayed, keep that ablaze. God doesn't want us to be shy with God's gifts, but bold and loving and sensible. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I want Jesus to walk with me. I want Jesus to walk with me. bless your name. God, we bless your name. We give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise. For you alone are worthy, O oh God, of all that we are and all that we have. And so we say hallelujah. Hallelujah for you who you are, you, what you've done, you, what you will continue to do. Hallelujah, because you see us and you know us and you hear us when we pray. Hallelujah, because your presence is in this place and where your presence is, there is liberty, there is freedom, there is healing, there is hope. And so God, we embrace it all. Uh, open our hearts and our minds, our spirits, our soul, our ears, that we might hear from you this morning. Uh, stand tall in me, O oh God, that your children might hear you more than they see me. And we give you the honor, and we give you the praise, and we give you the glory. And we say together, amen. 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 If you will remain standing, I just want to read that fifth verse once again. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois 
and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure lives in you. Won't you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. we've got history. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, we've got history. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise as you take your seats. We've got history. Now, I see y'all, a lot of y'all smiling out here because y'all probably thinking about somebody that you got some history with. Generally, when you say that, it's a euphemism that means that you were in an intimate or romantic relationship with someone and it didn't work out the way you expected. Uh, maybe it wasn't a terrible end, but it wasn't the best end. And so often when you see that person, you might say to someone else that you're with, we got history. That's not the kind of history we talking about today. Amen, hallelujah, get that boo out your mind. Uh, we are talking today about the rich history and the rich legacy that we have received from our ancestors. Uh, that rich history, amen, and legacy that we have with our God. It is a history that reminds us that our, uh, the way that we got here is bigger than us that we didn't get here by ourselves, but somebody prayed for us, somebody fasted for us, somebody was thinking about us, somebody called our name, somebody helped us along. We didn't get here by ourselves, so we've got history. Paula Giddings in her 1984 bestseller, When and Where I Enter, talk about the impact of black women on race and gender in America. Uh, she traces black back from slavery to uh, the antebellum South on to the 20th century. And she, she basically posits that black women stand uh, between race and gender. Uh, we stand at the center of black or African-American rights and women's rights. Uh, because we stand um, at that unique place, often our stories are omitted from mainstream history. Uh, we see it with Black History Month uh, because we have to celebrate our history because it isn't really interwoven um, into the curriculums that most of our children are studying. And, and much like Black History Month, now we have Women's History Month for that same reason. The, the stories of women's are often omitted. And so now we see Black women standing uh, in the middle of the racial gap and also in the middle of agenda. It's not hard uh, to understand that it is not easy being a black woman in 2023. Are y'all with me today? Uh, men, I'm talking to y'all too because I'm talking about your mothers and your grandmothers. I'm talking about your daughters and your sisters and your friends and your wives and your children. So we all together this morning celebrating the fact that there are women in our lives and women in our histories that have done some amazing work on our behalf. It's unfortunate. Amen. Amen. It is unfortunate 
that all of the fighting and, and protesting um, that has been done in the past on our behalf is still in jeopardy even in 2023. Um, I don't know if you all saw the article about Saddleback Church uh, the pastor, the famous pastor Rick Warren, who wrote Purpose Driven Life. Many of you are familiar with that book, Purpose Driven Life. Um, his church has always been a part um, of the uh, Southern Baptist Convention. But on February 21st, they expelled his church from the Southern Baptist Convention because he has female pastors in his church. Uh, still in 2023, there is agency that believes women ought not be allowed to preach the gospel. I just wonder if these people who say women ought not preach the gospel are looking and reading the same Bible that I'm reading. Because that Bible says that God can do anything, period. Not God can do anything, colon, but call a woman to preach. It, it, it says that God, with God, all things are are possible not that all things are possible except that a woman would preach we've got to be careful about what we say we believe and what we actually believe because we might not really believe what we say we believe if we can make exclusions about who God is or what God will do the God that I know can serve can do whatever God wants to do whenever God wants to do with whomever God wants to do it with using whoever God wants to use. Take God out of the box that you've created for God and let God be God all by God's self. Do you really believe what you say you believe about God? Women's rights, even in the church, under attack. I think it's interesting, I'm sorry, uh, but I think it's interesting that when Jesus rose from the dead and was resurrected, that the first person that Jesus appeared to was Mary Magdalene. And he didn't just come and say, hi, Mary, but he gave her an assignment. Uh, to go and tell the other disciples uh, that Jesus had risen. It makes me believe that perhaps there is space and room because if the good news is that Jesus is risen, then Mary Magdalene was really the first preacher after the rising of Jesus, according to the Bible that I read. It's in the book. He could have showed himself to Peter. He could have showed himself to John, but he showed himself to Mary. And yet, in 2023, churches continue to oppress the very ones who were the first preachers, the very one who carried the Messiah. We've got some nerve. Black women standing in the gap between women's rights and African-American rights to the extent that I don't know that you read about what's happening in Mississippi. Um, where they have elected in Jackson, uh, which is 82% black, 
to carve out an all-white part um, where they will elect, where they will select and appoint uh, judges, where they will appoint prosecutors, where they will appoint DAs to ensure that their all-white section of Jackson stays all-white. Uh, many are saying they're going back to the Jim Crow days because they're now taking the opportunity for African Americans to participate in an electoral process, electing those folks into office and are now instead appointing them. They won't be the last to do this. We've got to be careful because our rights are in jeopardy even in 2023. And again, black women stand at the crux of women's rights and African-American rights. Those women who have been mothers and wives and doctors and lawyers and chefs and dentists and astronauts and technology specialists and telephone operators and teachers and coaches and pastors and influencers and activists, all that we've done, and yet there is agency that wants to take your power. But I want to remind you today, my sisters and my brothers, that power comes from God. And no one can take from you what you are not willing to release. Uh, to the extent that it wasn't until the 1960s that it became legal for a woman to have her own bank account because back then we were still considered property. Did you hear what I said? It wasn't until the 1960s that women could even legally open up a bank account. Um, and, and, and not until 1974 with the Equal Credit Opportunity Act were women even able to have a credit card or a bank account without their husband's permission. And it's no wonder why women are behind and this economic gap exists because we couldn't even have our own until the late 60s, early 70s. And even then, Banks were refusing to give women credit and allowing them to have their own mortgage. But I want to let you know, we were unstoppable because <laughs> we continue to press forward in spite of the laws that told us no. We continue to fight for them, even though they didn't want us to move forward. And here we are today doing our thing, earning our living, living the life. God has called us to live because we are unstoppable. Sometimes we're, we are in the midst of our most difficult situations and circumstances. We can forget that we have a history. We can forget that we are unstoppable. And that's why I appreciate this scripture from Paul so much. Because Paul writing this text, this letter, if you will, to his brother Timothy is writing from a Roman jail cell. Uh, and I like Paul because Paul uh, didn't have a pity party right there in that cell. He didn't uh, talk about how hard it was and 
how how bad it was. He didn't uh, talk about uh, all of the negative aspects of what it meant to be in prison, but instead he remembered the good things. He, he remembered Timothy and, and the tearful exchange that they had when they left each other. Let me just stop right there uh, because I know we just had uh, an event around men's mental health. Can you imagine that back in the Bible days, it was okay for men to cry with each other. It was okay for a public display of affection. I don't know why it is today that we don't want our boys to cry, that we don't want our men to have emotion, but it is a gift from God to be able to feel compassion, to be able to feel empathy, and to be able to shed tears for another brother. Is that all right? Is that all right for a man to miss another man and to cry and that be okay for, for women because they love each other to miss each other and cry and that be okay? We ought to affirm tears and not make people feel bad because they're crying. Crying is a gift of courage in 2023. So don't hide your tears. My sister, my brother, be grateful that you have compassion and that you can cry. So yes, Paul is writing this letter. He's writing this letter to Timothy, recalling the tears of Timothy, and he wants to remind Timothy of who he is and how they are connected. Uh, and so he reminds Timothy that he has a history. You see, Timothy's father um, was Greek and his mother was a Jew. And so he was a product of an interracial marriage. Um, and back then, Jews and, and Greeks didn't always get along that well, but there he was, not only the product of an interracial marriage, but the product of a praying mother and a praying grandmother and a product of Paul laying hands on him, which led him to be a pastor. Paul wanted to remind him that he didn't get here by himself, and so that even when he's feeling most alone, he doesn't have to think he's alone because he's got history, and that history is a praying mother and a praying grandmother. And I thought that I could remind you all today that much like Timothy, you ought to be reminded that you have a history. Somebody prayed for you, had you on their mind, took a little time to pray for you, and aren't you glad they prayed? Or aren't you glad they prayed? Aren't you glad they prayed for you, you didn't get here by yourself and you are never by yourself. Your ancestors are with you as you move, as you walk, as you learn, as you grow. Your, your grandmothers and, and great-grandmothers and great-great-great-great-grandmothers are, are with you every time you walk in a room. You're not going by yourself, but you've got the angel of the Lord. You've got an army with you when you go anywhere you go at night when you're crying by yourself and you think nobody's with you the spirit of the Lord is in that place you are not alone because you've got history 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 the women who fought for us 
the women who bled for us, the women who died for us, women like Ella Baker and Cicely Tyson and Harriet Tubman, uh, women like Sojourner Truth and Ida B. Wells and Big Mama and Grandmama and your mama and my mama who saw to it that we would be all right. See, you have history. Uh, and Paul wants us to remember that we are not alone, but there were generations of women and men who prayed for us that we might be able to do some things that they never could have even imagined. Uh, people like Hannah and Sarah and Rebecca and Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Susanna and Lydia, these are your historical grandmothers who sowed seeds of faith so that you could live and love and serve. And so Paul reminds Timothy, uh, this same faith that was in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, is also in you. And since you know who you are, and since you know you're not by yourself, what I want you to know is that you have a responsibility. A responsibility because of those who fought and prayed and died for you. You have a responsibility. And what is your responsibility? To stir up the gift. To rekindle the gifts that you've been giving. Gifts that are not necessarily for you, but gifts that can be beneficial to the community that you serve. See, the challenge with us is that we want the gift, but we don't necessarily want the responsibility that comes with it. Are we all together? I was having this conversation with my daughter, Jasmine, about two weeks ago, and she was telling me about her bills. And all I could do was laugh because I said, girl, you couldn't wait to be grown. If you're watching today, Jasmine, she I mean, when I tell you she couldn't wait to be grown, I'm talking about she's wearing my shoes from, from the time she's five. She ready to put on makeup. She wanted to get a perm. She wanted her freedom. She wanted to be grown. Do I have any witnesses in the house? She wanted to be able to do what she wanted to do, when she wanted to do it, the way she wanted to do it, how she wanted to do it. Why? Because that's what grown folks do. Let me help somebody right now. Stop trying to control people. Because grown folks are going to do what they want to do, when they want to do it, how they want to do it. The only person you can control is you. I'm just trying to save you some time. I'm just trying to save you some tears. I digress. She couldn't wait to be grown. But what she didn't realize is that being grown is not just about freedom, but it's also about responsibility. How many of you ever prayed for something because it looked good to you, but then when you got it, you realized that it was going to cost you more to keep it than it did to get it? 
I'm talking about somebody that prayed for a car and then got the car, but didn't realize you're going to have to get insurance. You got to keep it clean. You got to put gas in it. You got to change the tires. You got to change. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm talking about somebody that prayed for the house, but when you got the house, realize you still got to mow the lawn. You got to pay the light bill. You got to pay the water bill. You got to paint. Put the siding up on the side when it's done. I'm talking about the gifts that we prayed for. People who prayed for joy, but you didn't know it was going to come with sorrow and it was going to come with tears and it was going to come with heartache because the only way you really can fully embrace joy is if you've had to deal with sorrow. I'm talking about folks who paid for patience, but you didn't know it was going to come with trials and you didn't know it was going to come with turbulence and you didn't know it was going to come with difficulty but now you've got it because you've gone through and you made it over and now you have a responsibility to live in that patience and to live in that joy. I'm talking about those of you who pray for hope but you didn't know that you, in order to get hope you'd have to go through despair. Sometimes the things that we pray for come with some responsibility. Sometimes the things we ask God for come in a way that we didn't expect it. So we've got to be intentional about stirring up the gifts that we fought for, the gifts that we prayed for, the gifts that we hoped for, the gifts that we've nourished and cherished so that they can be used and beneficial for the building of God's kingdom in this place. Stir up the gift. My sister, my brother, stop sitting on your hopes and waiting for the time to be perfect. The time will never be perfect. Stir up the gifts and stop waiting on the right person to come. Who knows whether that person will ever come. And if they show up, it may not be who you thought it was going to be in the first place. Stir up the gift. Stop waiting till you think you have what you need. You've got everything that you need right now to stir up that gift. That gift of love, stir it. That gift of hope, stir it. That gift of peace, stir it. That gift of preaching, stir it. That gift of praying, stir it. That gift of singing, stir it. Whatever your gift, stir it up. I wondered why Paul used that language of stirring. And I think it was because he was familiar with soup. You know, when you look at a pot of soup, um, if it's got a lot of good broth in it, or what the old folks call pot liquor, that's not alcohol, amen, then you really couldn't see what was in the soup until you started stirring the soup. And so what do people see when they look at you? Are they just seeing the top? Or are they seeing the gifts that you have? Well, what, as a matter of fact, what are you stirring today? Are you stirring hope or are you stirring despair? What are you stirring today? Uh, are you stirring a way to lift people up or are you stirring a way to tear people down? What are you stirring today? Because you've got gifts that this world is waiting on and you're busy thinking that you're not enough and God knows that you are perfect just the way you are, which is why God gave you the gifts that God gave you to be the blessing to the community that God has called you to bless. What are you stirring Ask your neighbor, what are you stirring? Woo! Well, I'm almost finished. Not only does Paul tell us who we are and remind us that we have gifts that ought to be stirred, not only does he remind us 
that we have a history, but he also tells us why it's important to stir the gifts. Uh, why? It's right there in the text. Because God has not given us a spirit of fear. So what you scared of? I mean, I know there is a healthy fear, right? There, there are some things we ought to be afraid of, right? We, we ought to be afraid to walk in the middle of the street when the traffic is going at 80 miles an hour. I mean, that's just kind of common sense, right? We, we, we ought to be afraid to jump off of a 10th floor, 10th floor of a building because we know where. So, so there is some healthy fear. Um, but healthy fear is a different from a spirit of fear. When you have a spirit of fear, you are afraid all the time of everything. Maybe not all the time of everything. Maybe most of the time of most of the things. We're all together. So, so when you feel that fear coming up that's telling you not to do something that you know that God has called you to do, that, that is a spirit that is trying to attach itself to you so that you won't stir up the gift, so that you won't trust God, so that you won't know that all things are possible through us that believe in God. It, it is an attack against you. And so uh, since Paul says we did not uh, get a spirit of fear from God, if you feel like you've gotten that spirit, it came from somewhere else and it's okay to give that gift back you, you you don't have to hold on to it just because somebody gave it to you and let me tell you people will give you a spirit of fear you know who give you the spirit of fear people that's scared <laughs> nothing against them but they scared so now they want to make you scared girl you really think you ought to apply for that job what's your supervisor gonna save you because you're scared do you really think you ought to go ahead and, and move? How, how do you think that's going? Because you're scared. You, you really think you ought to buy that house? What if you lose your job? Because you're scared. Don't put your fear on me. I'm trying to help somebody. Don't allow anyone to put fear in you. You are bold. That's what Paul says, uh, that we didn't get a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, a sound mind, uh, a bold and loving and sensible. And so instead of receiving fear from those who would try to give it to you, instead reject the fear. I reject the fear that you're trying to give me. And instead, I'm walking in boldness because I can do all things through Christ. He gives me strength. You know what? I'm going to reject the fear that you're giving me because I know that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Thank you so much for your encouraging words, but I want to reject that fear because that's not my fear. I don't want it. I don't have room for it in my life because God doesn't want me to have that. God wants me to be powerful and loving and sensible and well-disciplined so I don't have to walk in fear just because you are walking in fear. And you know what? As a matter of fact, um, I'm tired of playing small. I I'm tired of tiptoeing around you because of your insecurity. Uh, and because you're insecure, then you make me feel bad because I'm being blessed. You ever been blessed, but somebody make you feel bad because you're blessed because they're going through? No, if they're going through and you're blessed, you ought to tell them so that gives them hope that whatever they're going through isn't going to last forever, but that victory is on the way. Their victory is on the way. Don't play small. Tell your neighbor, stop playing small. 
wants to remind us of who we are. He wants to remind us of what we've been given. He wants to remind us of what we can do and why we can do it. He wants us to remember. And, and we have a memory, but we get to choose what we focus our memory on. Ah, you can't control what comes in your mind, but you can control how long you think about what comes in your mind. You control whether you think about it for a minute or for the day. You control whether you think about it for five minutes or for five hours. You control the thoughts once they get in there, whether you continue to focus on them or whether you have something better to think about. And I would declare that with all the history you have, with all that God has done for you, you ought to have some good memories to replace those troubling memories. You ought to remember how God made a way out of no way instead of thinking about how she broke your heart. I'm trying to help somebody. You ought to be able to remember how God opened doors that no one could close instead of remembering how he hurt you. You have the capacity to shift your mind, to renew your mind, to think about those things that are going to give you life and help you to live and help you to love and help you to serve. You have the capacity to change your mind. Why? Because you've got a legacy and you've got a history. And, and I like the way that Paul talks about this because initially Paul is using all singular words. I remember you, Timothy. I remember your mother and your grandmother. But then when he gets down to that last verse, he says, God has not given us, which means we're all connected. That us is for all of us. We've all made it through something. We've all made it over something. We've all made it past something. And so we've got to be intentional about living and stop waiting for permission. Come on, tell your neighbor, stop waiting for permission. Who is authorized to give you permission to walk in your God-given identity other than God? Who is authorized to tell you what you can do or what you can't do with the gifts that God has given you other than God? You've got a history with a God who can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to that power that is working in you, in me, in us. How do I know? Because before I go, I just got to tell y'all about Maggie Lena Walker. Anybody ever heard of Maggie Lena Walker? Ah, let me tell you about our sister Maggie, African-American woman who in 1903 was tired of not being able to live and acquire the economic wealth that she knew she and other freed slaves could have. And so in 1903, she became the first woman uh, to open a bank. Now you heard me say in the beginning 
that it wasn't legal for women even to have a bank account until the 1960s. But Maggie Lena Walker didn't wait for permission. She opened the St. Luke Penny Savings Bank, um, which served as a catalyst for economic advancement in the black community in Virginia. Well, what am I saying? Sometimes you gotta move when God tells you to move and not wait on a country that is stuck in a past. Sometimes you gotta go forward even when no one has gone before you to do that thing that they're saying that nobody can do. Uh, Sometimes you've got to trust that is what's inside of you is bigger than what's outside of you. Sometimes you've got to know that the God who has given you the dream, the God who has given you the vision has every intention of fulfilling it. But what you've got to do, my friends, is put one step in front of the other and begin to move and work out your God-given identity. Who are you? You are the beloved of God. God's spirit rests on you, and in you, God finds favor. What do you have? Gifts that have been given to you based on who you are, based on your capacity, based on who you know, based on your location, based on the needs of your community. So what is your responsibility? Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Why? Because God has not given you a spirit of fear. I just need about five people in here who understand that somebody prayed for you so that you can live your God life now. That somebody fasted for you so that you can walk in authority today. That somebody laid their life down for you so that you could vote, so that you could have a bank account, so that you could be your own self and not somebody else's property. I just need to know if there's anybody in here who's grateful to know that you've got a history with God. You've got a history of a God who makes the way. You've got history with a God that pushes you forward. You've got history with a God that saves your soul. You've got a history with a God that heals your body. You've got a history with a God that opens doors that people would want to shut in your face. You've got history of a God that will make a door in the middle of a brick wall. You've got history of a God who will never leave you and never forsake you. So what does that mean? Like my grandmother said, no matter what you're going through right now, everything is going to be all right. Ah, I need you to know it. Ah, because somebody's thinking about taking their life. But if you just press forward, you've got a history and everything it's gonna be all right. It may not be all right now, but if you keep on living, you keep on loving, you keep on serving, you keep on believing, you keep on trusting everything. Everything, everything. It looks that's gonna be all right too you know why because she got through it and he got through it and when they got through it they told somebody so that they could get through it so I want to let you know that nothing is too hard for God that God that is in you is for you and with you trust you didn't just get here today you didn't just Wake up this morning. 
you have a history, a history of overcoming. You have a history of overcoming. You have a history. I want you to think about it. The last time you thought you weren't gonna get through, but you're here. So that is your testimony for the next time crazy comes. You know you will be able to get through it because you have got a history. Come on, stand up all over the building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we say hallelujah, it's not just to say it because it's cute. But if you look back over your life, and you think things over. You ought to have a hallelujah in your spirit. You ought to have a hallelujah. Sometimes when you're walking down the street, just hallelujah. Ah, in your grocery store, when you're picking out your apples, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. When you're praying over your children at night, hallelujah. Ah, when somebody wants to mistreat you, hallelujah. Because my God is bigger than your words, hallelujah. I don't care what you say about me. God's got my back. Hallelujah. Oh, you talking to me? You don't know that I got angels that kept all around me. Hallelujah. I'm not by myself. Hallelujah. I'm going to make it through this. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, God, we bless your name. God, we bless your name. Ah, oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Mm. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. When I think of your goodness, God. Woo! We bless your name. The one who gives us a reason to say hallelujah. The one who gives us a thousand reasons to say hallelujah. For if we had 10,000 tongues, it would not be enough to bless you for all that you are, God, and for all that you've done. And so we thank you, God, for the healing that's happening in this sanctuary right now. Ah, oh, hallelujah, for the minds that are being healed for the bodies that are being healed, for the souls that are being healed. God, we're in alignment with Beyonce that you can't break our soul. Huh? Oh God, we bless your name right now. We will not stay broken because you, oh God, put us back together again. You heal us and knit us in the right places at the right time so that we can move forward and do the work you've called us to do. God, we shout hallelujah. Oh, because we've got history, oh God. History of people who didn't just accept what they were told, but knew something better. God, we thank you for those who said, before I be a slave, I'll be buried in my grave. God, we bless your name. For those when they were told they didn't have a soul, were able to sing. Everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. God, we bless your name. We thank you that we've got history. And so we stand tall and we stand proud and we stand loving and we stand living 
and we stand serving and we stand believing because you are our healer. You are our redeemer. You are our way maker. You are our restorer. And we say hallelujah. 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 Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Um, if you're here today and you've never been baptized and you would like to be baptized, we invite you after service to come down to these first few rows here to my left, your right, where they will take your information and pray with you and welcome you into this family of faith. So if you're here and you've never been baptized, just right after service, won't you just come down um, here to my left, your right, uh, and they will take good care of you. Amen. 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 It is Communion Sunday, beloved. Hallelujah. You can take your seats. Uh, we are so grateful for this opportunity to share in the communion meal. When Jesus was there with his disciples, um, he took two simple things that were easily accessible, bread and wine. And he took the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. As often as you eat of it, remember me, how I lived, how I loved, how I served. Uh, and likewise, he took the cup uh, and he said, this is my blood. As often as you drink of it, do it in remembrance of me. And so on today, as we share in this communion meal, we do so remembering the life, the love, the breath, the death, the resurrection of our brother, Jesus the Christ, the carpenter, the one who gave up everything for what he believed in. Amen? Let's pray. God, we bless your name. We thank you for this communion meal. Oh God, we thank you that it represents the body and the blood of Jesus. We thank you that as we partake of it, we will remember his life so that we will be encouraged and inspired to live our life. This life that you've called us to live that's never easy, but always worth it. We love you and we thank you. And we lift this prayer in your holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward